0: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. The famous John 3.16. And it's famous for good reason, because it cuts to the heart of the gospel. Out of God's tremendous love for us, he sends his only begotten son so that we might have eternal life. You know, I'm going to make just three basic points about John 3.16, the opening verse in our gospel today. First, notice the reasoning in John 3.16. God didn't send his son into the world that we might have health and wealth, uh, good though those are. No, God sent his only begotten son that we might have eternal life. Health and wealth are good, but they're not the ultimate good. They aren't our final end. Ultimately, our destiny is in heaven where we will be intimately united to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and united in communion with all the saints. But maybe the question comes up, why do we need the son of God to come into the world? Well, as we just... Said We're created for communion with God, but there is this infinite gap between God and mankind. So, you know, mankind needed something uh, to elevate us so that we could truly be the friends of God. And God bestowed this upon our first parents, Adam and Eve. He bestowed a supernatural gift upon them over and above their nature, sanctifying grace, a share in God's own life. Now, Adam and Eve lost this gift in the original sin, and they lost it not just for themselves, but for all generations. And so, after the the fall of Adam, we were in dire straits. You know, we have this destiny in heaven, yet we've lost the only means of us arriving there. Uh, We've lost this sanctifying grace. And it's for this reason that Christ came into the world. So that by his cross and resurrection, he might win the grace which forgives our sins, makes us the adopted sons and daughters of God, opens the gates of of heaven, of paradise, for those who accept this gift. Secondly, God so loved the world. And we need to understand the term love because, properly because we live in a world which often understands love exclusively as tied to emotion. Now, certainly, emotions are a part of love. But to reduce love to an emotion is problematic. Think about it. For instance, you know, think, think about Jesus in the Gospels. What are the two great commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors ourself. If love is merely an emotion, how can he command us to feel something? No, love must mean something more than mere emotion. Traditionally, classically, love has been understood as a choice, as willing the good for another. And as Christ said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. We see both of these par excellence in the Paschal mystery and the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. The whole reason God became man was so that we might experience the ultimate good, the final end for which we are created to know and love in the fullest God for all eternity in heaven. And he showed us precisely how tremendously he loved us by going through his passion He is willing to move heaven and earth to save us. That's how deeply he loves us. You know, I think we can understand God's tremendous love if we meditate a bit on heaven. Heaven is traditionally referred to as the beatific vision. In heaven, the souls of the just see the divine essence by an intuitive vision and face-to-face so that the divine essence is known immediately, showing itself plainly, clearly, and openly. And and, uh, the saints in heaven clearly behold God, one in triune as he is, as a result of this beatific vision, the blessed share in divine happiness. I mean, think about this. God wills a good for us that is uh, tremendous. It's, it's so good, it's uh, really beyond our comprehension. This lasting and eternal happiness, seeing God as he is in himself face to face. Third, and finally, Christ loves us individually. God loves us individually. Christ loves us individually. Uh, Christ knew and loved all of us individually, and he died for all of us individually on the cross. In 1943, Pope Pius XII wrote a beautiful encyclical entitled Mystici Corporis Christi, The Mystical Body of Christ. In this encyclical, he talked about how Christ and his sacred humanity and his human soul possessed the beatific vision. Remember, Christ is fully God and fully man, so he had... Uh, he has a human nature, human body, human soul. Here's what Pius XII wrote, quote, But the knowledge and love of our divine Redeemer, of which we were the object, from the first moment of his inca- I- incarnation, exceed all that the human intellect can hope to grasp. For hardly was he conceived in the womb of the Mother of God when he began to enjoy the beatific vision. And in that vision, all the members of his mystical body were continually and unceasingly present to him. And he embraced him with his redeeming love. O oh, inestimable dispensation of boundless charity, in the crib, on the cross, and in the unending glory of the Father, Christ has all the members of the Church present before him and united to him in a much clearer and more loving manner than that of a mother who clasps her child to her breast, or than that with which a man knows and loves himself. Christ knew and loved all the members of the church. The church is not just those people who belong to the Catholic Church um, here below. It's it's all the saints in heaven. It's all the souls in purgatory. Uh, this, This was all people of all time. Christ saw, loved, and offered himself for on the cross. The fact that Christ possessed the beatific vision, it enabled him to love each and every one of us tremendously, individually, continually. And when he went to Calvary to make atonement, for our sins he did so for each and every one of us individually look here's my point in all this we we need to remind ourselves of this basic truth of our faith a truth that is basic and simple yet at the same time it's incredible and unspeakably beautiful god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life look when we're tempted to discouragement in the face of this pandemic you know if we're struggling with loneliness and isolation or or if we feel overwhelmed um, by having the whole family at home with us, or if we just feel afraid and, and scared, anxious about the future, we need to remember how tremendously God loves us, that God is real and that we can and ought to turn to him in our difficulties, that we ought to trust him in the midst of our sufferings. But above all, may this simple yet profound truth inspire us to seek to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourselves.